You're listening to The Leadership Pod, episode 88, What Nobody Tells You About Leadership, Six Secrets Leaders Need to Know About. Welcome to The Leadership Pod, the go-to podcast for ambitious emerging leaders. I'm Kara Ronan. I'm a leadership coach and best-selling video course creator for Business Etiquette 101, Social Skills for Success, and the Assertive Communication Skills Masterclass. I created this podcast to help you build your brand, visibility, and influence so you can unlock your leadership potential. Enjoy this episode. There are a number of things that nobody will tell you about leadership. They're kind of unspoken truths, some might even say drawbacks, that people don't know about. Yet when they land in a leadership position at one stage or another, they will have to deal with them and work through them. Sometimes this works out for them, but other times it drives people to get stressed, overwhelmed, or maybe even change jobs. Now, I don't want this video to push you away from leadership altogether, but by me warning you about these secrets now, you will at least be aware of them and hopefully you'll have a chance to prepare for them. So let's get into these secrets. Secret number one, the responsibility burden. Before you become a leader, the idea of having more responsibility, it might be appealing to you. You might have been craving more responsibility throughout your career so that you can prove yourself and prove that you can actually be a leader and be a great leader too. And finally, you have that responsibility when you land in a leadership position. But there's another side to responsibility that many emerging leaders forget about. And that side is ultimate responsibility lies with you. So let me explain that concept in more detail. Before you were a leader, you may or may not have had a high level of responsibility. Regardless of the level of responsibility you had, it's likely that your direct boss was the one who was ultimately responsible when things went wrong. You weren't the one who had to answer the tough questions or the interrogations. You had a direct boss who handled all of those things. You may have had to answer to your direct boss when things went wrong, but you didn't have to answer to upper management. And this is where it becomes different when you are the leader. If someone in your team makes a mistake, you might address that mistake and you might help them overcome it. But ultimately, the responsibility of that mistake is yours. You are the leader of the team. You are the one in charge of your team. And as such, you are the one who is ultimately responsible for their actions. Like I said before, I don't want this to deter you from leadership, but it might make you realize how important staying connected with your team and knowing how they're progressing throughout projects is. When you know that, then you can do your best to make sure that nothing goes wrong and to make sure that you do not have to handle that ultimate responsibility if things do go wrong. Secret number two is the power shift. The power shift in leadership is something else that nobody will tell you about, but it does become evident when you are promoted into a leadership position. The power shift is the increase in power distance that naturally occurs when you become a leader because you are in a higher level position. And this power shift can show up in two ways. The first way is when you are promoted, you feel more powerful because you are in a superior position and you might start to interact with your team differently. 
For example, you might feel happy that you have this increased power and you might start to abuse it or create a toxic work culture. Or you might feel burdened by this increase in power, you might deny it, and you might allow your team to walk all over you. So that is the first way that this power shift can show up. The second way is when you are promoted, your team know that you have this power over them and they might start to interact with you differently. For example, they might start to withhold information from you for fear of being reprimanded. They might start to hold back in meetings because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing and they're afraid if they do say the wrong thing, it could lead them to being fired. And they might also do things like stop inviting you for lunch because you are the boss and they can't have lunch with the boss. So as a leader, you are automatically put in this power position. It's natural. It's because of your job title. It's because of your promotion. But this power position puts you in a superior level compared to your team members and compared to your former peers. And this can add in some additional challenges for you when it comes to leading and interacting with people in your team. But if you're aware of this power shift, then you can better handle interactions and conversations with your team so they don't feel uncomfortable around you, so they don't feel threatened by you, and so they don't feel that they need to hold back in meetings. Secret number three is jealousy. Jealousy is unfortunate, but it's very common when you are promoted into a leadership position. Jealousy mostly comes from your former peers, people you used to work with on an equal level, but now because you are in a superior position, you are a leader, you've been promoted, and you're likely in a higher paying position, those people who were your former peers could become jealous of you. Jealousy can also come from other managers and leaders who went for the same job as you, but you won the job and they didn't. Jealousy can show up in a number of ways. It can show up with indirect, rude comments, sideway glances, sarcastic remarks, or people trying to spread rumors about you. These are, of course, on the rarer side, but at the extreme level, jealousy can play out this way in the workplace, especially when you are a leader. Now, what I want to help you with is dealing with it. If you have a former peer or a colleague who is jealous of you, you've detected it through their body language, through the way they interact with you, through their comments and their verbal communication, then I recommend sitting down with that person and talking about the issue. Tell them what you have noticed, what they have been doing, and the impact their behavior, their actions have had on your job. Tell them what you would like them to do instead, probably the opposite behavior to what they're doing right now. And above all, ask for their support in your new role. And this is probably the most important part of this whole conversation, because if they feel that you need their support, they're more likely to feel important in your team, to have an important role in your team, and they're more likely to reshape their behavior so they don't express jealousy toward you. Secret number four is office politics. Many of you listening will have heard of office politics and some of you may have seen it firsthand. Unfortunately, when you become a leader, you could be drawn into it at some stage. Office politics can include favoritism, gossiping, spreading rumors, backstabbing, forming cliques, intentionally withholding information, and at an extreme level, it can include nepotism, bribery, or blackmail. Or many of the other creative ways that people can play office politics. 
I'm actually planning next month's episode to be about office politics. So in that episode, we will go into these types of office politics in much more detail. But for now, what you need to remember is the difficult thing about office politics is that it can creep up on you. And before you know it, you're embroiled in something that you don't want to be any part of. So you absolutely need to be aware that office politics exist so that you can react and respond accordingly. It's important that you are aware of what people are saying about you. You need to think about what people's intentions are, especially if they ask you for a favor. What would their intentions be and could this lead to something negative for you? You also need to be cautious of people who aren't honest or transparent in their actions around you. And whenever you detect office politics, any of the office politics that I listed just before, whenever you detect it, you need to respond as quickly as possible, which means having a one-on-one conversation with that person or a discussion with HR. As I mentioned, listen to next month's episode for more tips on office politics. Secret number five is higher expectations. So people will naturally have higher expectations of you when you become a leader. This is obviously a a good thing because they believe in you. You've been chosen for that job. You've been chosen to become a leader because they believe in you. So they naturally have higher expectations of you. But on the flip side, it can make you feel that you might not live up to those people's expectations. You might tell yourself that you won't be able to do the job or to do the job well. And this is extremely common in people who have imposter syndrome, which many high-achieving people do. You might feel that your boss will realize you're not cut out for leadership. You might be worried that your boss is going to change their mind in hiring you. But honestly, compared to the amount of times you've been worried about these things, how many times have those fears actually happened? Rarely, I think. Higher expectations can be difficult to live with. They can be stressful. They might cause you to work longer. They might cause you to work harder to prove yourself, to make sure that the job is done right. But if you detect that this is happening to you because you don't feel you are good enough for the job, you're good enough for the role, it's something you absolutely need to manage because it can get out of hand. It's important that you have regular feedback conversations with your boss to see how you are performing as a leader, especially when you first start in your leadership position. This is really important. It's also important that you check in with your team to see how you are leading, get feedback from them because they are the ones you are working with on a day-to-day basis. And from their feedback, you can tweak how you lead, how you interact and how you manage them as a team. It's also important to keep a journal to check in with yourself and to flag areas of progress, areas that you need to improve on. So in the journal, you can write when things go right, when things go to plan, and why did that happen? You can also write down when things didn't go to plan. Why didn't it go to plan? What did you do? What could you have done instead? So keep a journal to write all of these things and try and identify areas where you need to improve and areas in which you can progress to become a better leader. Secret number six is networking. The fact that you have to network with others inside your company and outside your company can be a real surprise when you start a job as a leader. If you're somebody who has done networking throughout your career because you understand the importance of it, then you probably don't really need to worry about this 
secret here. But if you're like the majority of people who have only focused on their job-related skill and haven't worried about building relationships and haven't worried about networking, then this can be really daunting. You might ask yourself, well, how do you start networking? Do you attend networking events randomly or should you do it in a more strategic way? How do you start talking to people? Who do you talk with? How do you follow up after a networking event conversation? How do you nurture that relationship? So if you're new to networking and you've never done it throughout your career up until you know now being a leader, it's the first time, then I recommend you start learning about networking etiquette. There are a lot of resources that you can find about networking etiquette. It really comes under the category of business etiquette or social skills for business. I actually have a YouTube video on networking etiquette if you want to take a look at that. I also have an entire video course in Udemy, which is about business etiquette. And in that course, I do talk about networking as well. But some basic tips to get you started. I'm going to share three tips with you right now. The first one to be good at networking, especially when you're going to networking events, is to learn who is going to be there. And the purpose of this is to help you go into that event prepared and to help you have a strategy when you go into that event so you know who to talk to. Because when you are networking, especially when you attend networking events, you have limited time. You don't want to waste your precious time at that event talking to people who can't have an impact on your career. Because the whole purpose of networking is to meet people who can help you in your career or you can help them advance in some way to really build valuable relationships and valuable connections for your future career. And if you're wondering how can you know who's going to be at the event, you can ask the event organizer. Sometimes they will reveal this information to you and tell you who else is going to be attending that event. You can also look at the attendees on Eventbrite, on Facebook or LinkedIn. So a lot of the time these events are organized through Eventbrite. You have to buy your tickets through Eventbrite. And a lot of the time people promote these events on Facebook or LinkedIn. And on those platforms, you can often see who the other attendees are going to be, who is going to be at the event. The second tip for networking is to arrive early. So arriving early gives you a fantastic advantage so you can see who's entering the room and so you can start conversations with the people that you want to meet early on. And for this, I recommend that you stand near the door or stand near the bar. These are both great vantage points so that you can see the entire room and you're in a really good place so you can start a conversation with the people you want to meet. The third tip I have for you is to find a gap in the group. So when you're at a networking event, people usually stand in a group, almost always in a circle. Sometimes it can be hard to approach a group who are already in conversation. Occasionally, those groups will be closed off. They pretty much form an entire circle and it can be really difficult to approach that group to find a space where you can jump into that group and include yourself in the conversation. It can be really daunting to do that as well. Then you'll have other groups that are more open and easier to include yourself in. So people might be standing a little bit further apart and there might physically be a good gap for you to jump in, to stand and to start introducing yourself and talking to people. So how can you tell the difference between these two groups, the closed off group and the open group? Well, you do this by looking at the body language of the people in the group. Are they standing directly facing one another? Are they standing 
really close and tight? Or are they slightly angled away? Is there a space for you to step in to the group? Are they directly facing one another? If it's two people who are talking together, sometimes when they don't want other people to interrupt them, they will directly face one another. So it's a very closed group. I would recommend that you try to enter this kind of group. Are the people in the group slightly angled away? Are they opening up the group and opening up themselves for other people to approach them and jump into the conversation. In that case, it's okay to approach that kind of group and introduce yourself. So start to look at people's body language at networking events or any group conversation really, whether it's professional or social, and try to detect whether those people are open to others joining them in the conversation. Overall, when you become a leader, And you are aware of the responsibility burden, when you're aware of the power shift, when you're aware of issues of jealousy, when you know about office politics, when you are familiar with the higher expectations people have of you, and when you have some skill in networking etiquette, then you are better prepared to handle what leadership throws at you, because it will throw at you many things. As I mentioned, next month's episode is all about office politics, so do tune in for that. Don't forget you can get my advice more regularly on YouTube. I'm heading up to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Perhaps by the time this episode is actually published, I will already be at 100,000 subscribers, which is very exciting. You can find my channel by searching for my name, Kara Ronan, on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode was valuable for you. I will talk to you next month. hope you enjoyed this episode of the leadership pod thank you so much for listening if you did find some useful tips in this episode then please leave a review on apple Podcasts. don't forget to check out my youtube channel where you'll find videos to help you advance as an emerging leader and i would love to hear from you via social media you can find me on linkedin instagram tiktok and facebook the links are on my website take care and thanks again for listening